Hey friends, it's podcast recommendation time. So we recently started listening to CEO School with Sanira Madhani, and we are blown away by how much she shares of her journey and the value she's providing. Did you know that she built a unicorn business as she built uh, transaction processing software, like I know much, but called Stacks? Okay, it is a <laughs> unicorn business and she shares so much value as she's built a business that is worth over a billion dollars. Yeah. I never knew that that was an actual term, unicorn business, but it means a business that's been built to the billions. We're talking B as in billions. And so, as a female CEO, right? In- incredible. I mean, she's such an inspiration and CEO school is really committed to the same thing that we are, closing the gap and helping more women level up. And they do it by sharing stories and strategies from powerful women in leadership. And she likes to say, Sanira likes to say, nothing bad happens when women make more money. Oh, I'm going to put that as a post-it on my computer. Powerful, right? So we also loved listening in on her episode with Sofia Amoroso, our OG girl boss, as they discussed bootstrapping, the importance of learning to say no, and what you should have set before growing a team, fulfilling on your promise to your customers, plus how all of these components play a role in growing a million and billion dollar business. CEO School, hosted by Sanira Vanhani, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Listen to CEO School wherever you get your podcasts and share with us how much you loved it because we know that you love it just as much as we do. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping product-based business owners turn into revenue-generating, successful, happy product bosses. I'm Jacqueline Snyder. And I'm Nina Kunlositep. Together through digital courses, coaching, and masterminds, we've helped over 50,000 students from startup to multi-million dollar businesses scale their sales while blending in their dream life. It gets lonely out there in the product business world. We fully believe a business shouldn't be built alone. There's room at the top for all of us. So let's get scrappy and creative together, Product Boss, to be profitable, make more sales, and grow your visibility. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey, friends. Jacqueline here. Mina is out sick, but it doesn't matter because we have such an amazing episode. Not that it doesn't matter. We love love Mina, and she brings so much to the show. But I wanted to bring on... Actually, this is a friend of mine that is doing amazing things in the world. We actually started off as neighbors when I was living in New Jersey. Um, We became friends. We've collaborated. And I'm so excited to have her on the podcast because she has written a new book, and is a professor and is just an incredible human being. So I wanted to welcome Dr. Rashida L. Weaver. She is the founder of Weaver Social Enterprise Directory. Rashida, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jacqueline, for having me. Thank you so much. I'm oh, excited. so excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. We would we became friends during COVID. And I remember us sitting outside in my backyard, like having coffee and trying to be friends at six feet. Uh, distance. (laughs) Yeah. Those are good times. (laughs) They were. And now we're 3000 miles apart, but I'm just so glad that we ended up, um, you know, becoming friends, lifelong friends and all the amazing things you're doing. So tell our listeners a little bit about what you do and what Weaver Social Enterprise Directory is. Yes. So um, I've been a professor for five years now. Um, of entrepreneurship and innovation. Um, I've taught over a thousand students globally um, because actually this summer I just um, taught in Spain 
to students from um, almost 30 different countries. So that was pretty cool. Um, and We Were Social Enterprise Directory um, was launched in 2018. Um, I really, I did my dissertation on um, social enterprises, which are organizations that aim to combat social problems. So um, to give you some examples of them, because that, that term is, well, my book is called Social Entrepreneurship, A Practical Introduction, because most people don't know the term. So it's an introduction. So a social enterprise is an organization that aims to combat social problems. Um, some examples would be like Newman's Own. So we've all heard of Newman's Own. They're a for-profit company. They sell salad dressing, mints, all kinds of things. And um, they donate all of their profits to charity. And so they have um, a for-profit and nonprofit combination so that they can do social good. So that's what I study. And um, I've been, uh, my book is coming out. And um, it'll teach people how to develop social enterprises. Weaver Social Enterprise Directory, because this is such a new concept, um, really started out just tracking social enterprises in the United States. So if you go to my website, socialenterprisedirectory.com, um, you'll see that I've tracked over 1,200 social enterprises in the U.S. And we have the largest population, but we don't have a, a complete number. But I started that process back in 2018. Then it turns out, that um, social entrepreneurs, they were really excited about the directory. They started reaching out to me and saying, uh, but can you, can you also train us? Because even though, you know, you're mapping the field, um, what we need right now is to learn how to operate a business that can also, that's doing social good, but how do we also make money? Like, and more money, not just, because um, a lot of social organizations tend to make um, limited funds, like nonprofit organizations, but they wanted to know how to amplify that. And that's what, that's what I'm doing now. I'm teaching them. So that's incredible. And so what you're saying, because I know that we've coached, you know, we have thousands and thousands of students and there's a level of businesses and business owners that are listening here that want to have a social give back, right? They want to have a component to their business in which they are able to give back to a cause or a something that's really important to them. They just want more impact. Now, I think there's this stigma or something where it's like, I can do that, but I can't be profitable. Right. I can do that, but I can't grow this business. So do you talk to people then about how they can give away or be, you know, that they can still support, support social enterprises, for example, with fine, like giving money back, but also to their family and growing an incredible business and having employees and living a beautiful, imagine like a beautiful life they've imagined. I'm so happy asking that question. Yes. <laughs> so the mission behind my book, it's literally a driving question that is driving all of my work. Um, is if I teach good people how to make money, will they do more good with it? Mm. Because there is that stigma. There is that stigma of, well, um, if I'm doing work for the community, should I be rich? Or if I'm a pastor, should I have money? And should I be driving a certain kind of car because I'm supposed to be serving the people? But here's what I think. And this is the, the whole idea behind the book is, you know, I've met some of the most phenomenal human beings that are doing good. Um, but if they're broke, there's a limited amount of good that they can do. Like financially, if they're financially insecure, they just cannot, there's a limitation to it. Also, um, being from the Bronx, New York, I came up from the Bronx, New York. I'm a first generation American. My parents are of Jamaican and Cuban descent. Um, it's not very inspirational. Like it wasn't inspirational for me to see you broke, exhausted, feeling underappreciated, but doing so much good for your community. As a young person growing up in that environment, I wanted to do well. And most people do. And I feel like if you're not doing well, but you're doing all this good, it, it's literally, um, it's just not inspirational for other people. And I feel like when you are doing that good and you are taking care of yourself, um, as well as taking care of your community, 
then that inspires more people to do that and go along that path. Mm, so good. Yeah, I think, and that's the thing, right? You know, I think there's, it depends on where we, we've we come up and we all have different relationships with money. You know, some people believe money grows on trees or, you know, we're, we're all, you're a first generation American, I am as well. And our parents had to start from nothing. Then there are other people that attach money to the root of all evil, for example. But it's so true that if you, if you can make money, if you can um, give back, right. That you have the spaciousness, spaciousness in your life to do good in the world. Um, and it's, and it's not about being selfish and it's not about, um, you know, anything that's against good, I guess. So I love that you're really helping people with that. So let's say somebody out there is thinking, okay, I either have a business that is already, you know, is for, um, social good. And it has social enter, like it's a social entrepreneur or someone who's like, I really like this idea. I've just never known what to do. What would be a tip or, or a first step for them to take? The first step is the most um, common. I call it social impact models. So, um, you already have a regular business and you're, you're generating revenue, but now you want to design your social impact. You want to have a social impact. Um, the first and easiest step, the most popular model is what I mentioned with Newman zone. So you're giving away money or giving away some kind of resource. Um, and that's a great starter because it's easy, right? If I make a certain amount of profit, I can give that away. I don't have to give away all my profits like Newman zone. Um, Warby Parker, for example, is an eyeglass company. They, their products are affordable, which is a part of their social mission. But every time you buy a pair of glasses from them, they give one free. Um, another step that we, uh, same thing also, Tom's Shoes. Tom's Shoes, every time you buy a pair of shoes, they give one free um, to someone um, that needs it, usually in developing countries. There's another level um, to this where um, we call it social hiring. Where, um, so for example, I live in Jersey. There's a cafe here called CK Cafe in Camden, New Jersey, that has a soup kitchen, but then they advance the soup kitchen to then um, having a cafe that anyone can go to. They actually have some contracts with government and like Rutgers University. They can host meetings there, and that's how they generate revenue. Um, but they hire everyone they hire was either formerly incarcerated or homeless, um, or they have very low educational attainment, so they can't get um, higher paying employment opportunities. So that's social entrepreneurship as well. It's, you know, um, literally building the economic well-being of poor people and giving them a chance. And, um, and literally what CK Cafe does, they hire them, they put them through a training program to improve their job skills, and then they literally transition them into other um, restaurants or um, food-based jobs. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. I, I grew up with Caitlin Crosby who started the giving keys. Hmm. And I don't know if you know of that brand, but, um, she was a musician and she would always have keys. This is like old, old, old school days where you actually used a key to get into a hotel or a motel, <laughs> like a physical key. And, um, she started saving them and then kind of engraving words on them. And then it kind of is inspired by the giving tree where the, the, the children's book, where the tree just kept giving giving parts of it away to the boy. And so she was inspired by the keys that, that someone would get it. And let's say I have one that says inspire and you wear it for when you need it. And then eventually you pass it on and you give it to somebody else. Um, but here's the other side of this. She would, empl- uh, she would employ folks out of homelessness. So same thing. So she trained them into being basically her production team in downtown Los Angeles. And she gave them opportunities, trained them, and then gave them, and she still has so many of them that have stayed with her and grown as the business has grown because now it's a huge business, like huge. So it's incredible. Cause I always thought, you know, Caitlin's, um, she was, she's a beautiful young girl, think musician. And there's so much fear sometimes around stepping into 
working with people who were previously incarcerated or people who came out of homelessness. And, and I think there's fear and maybe people don't trust. They don't trust in the good of people. And so I was always just so impressed by her taking that leap forward and having trust and faith that like doing good for others could then do, do good for others. And it passes it down. And it's just been, I think over a decade of her giving back to the community and then also employing people. So, you know, if anyone's thinking, oh, that's a really incredible idea, where would they, the models you're saying are that it it could be like about employment or it could be about sort of give back and profit. Would you say those are the two ways that you talk about it in the book? Yeah. Well, there's 10 ways I talk about it. 10 ways. Oh, (laughs) they're going to read the book. (laughs) So it could also be, yes, read the book. Yes. Um, that could also be like some kind of resource provision. So for example, um, a lot of doctors will start a social enterprise to be, to donate medical supplies to people in different countries that don't have it or to doctors in other countries that don't have it. Um, they might even provide just shelter and housing, like transitional housing, for example, rehabilitate an abandoned building and make it affordable housing for in a particular community. So there's so many different ways um, to do this. So, so many ways. And why do you believe that social entrepreneurship is the future of business? Well, oh, uh, yes, because, you know, we're living in a time where we've just seen so much trauma. We've seen so much societal problems, recession after recession, inflation, um, people losing their jobs, um, climate change, And what we've literally seen, the data, the Global Entrepreneurship Monitor, which is one of the um, largest um, surveys on entrepreneurial activity around the world. And um, they found that there's an increasing number of entrepreneurs that want to do something good. That's literally, they, they, they don't even, they haven't heard the term social entrepreneurship, but they feel like if they can make more money, they can do something about the issues that are happening in the world. So people want to take action. And so I do believe it's the future of business for that. We've also seen over the last 50 years, because the field has been around for about 50 years, so it's still young. Um, but the, the activity has just been increasing and increasing with the newer generations, especially millennials, Gen Z, just have more of a heart to um, want to do something for their community. And I think in part because they're facing, we're facing a millennial, just a lot of challenges that were not, that didn't exist. Like even the COVID-19 pandemic, things like this that are affecting our world that just weren't happening in the past. Hey friends, are you unsure of what to say on social media or what to even send in your weekly emails? Well, what if creating content could be easy? Would you be looking for a shortcut to creating consistent content? Yes, consistent content, because you know consistency is key. Well, let me tell you, you are not alone when you feel like you're struggling on what to post or what to write in emails. And we know that you have that product part of your business down. But as you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know that to get more people to your products, to buy your products, you need to create great content. I know, I see. I keep saying content and that's the dreaded C word. And we can't tell you how many product bosses tell us that they want to create great content for their audience and their customers, but they don't know what to say, or they are so busy, they can't find the time, or they really, really, really don't want to be the face of their brand. Well, no worries, because that's exactly why we created a year of content. It is your shortcut to creating consistent content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayearofcontent.com. Hi. 
As the product class has grown, Mina and I have gone from being intensely connected and always knowing what the other is doing in business to building out a team and learning how to layer in different levels of communication among all the different team members. We've learned from experience that when there's a communication breakdown between the different roles of the business, the customers are the ones who may suffer the most. And that's not what we want at all. Nope, not at all. We prioritize and strongly value great customer experiences from start to finish every time. Creating great customer experiences starts with having a full picture. And having the full picture starts with having teams that are connected. HubSpot helps your team stay and feel connected. They can finish each other's sentences, sales pitches. Yep, it's that kind of connected. Yes, and the HubSpot CRM platform is carefully crafted from the ground up designed to unite your data, apps, and teams in a single, easy-to-use system. So instead of wasting valuable time tracking down information, your teams can spend their time having conversations where it matters most with your customers. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. So I wanted to talk a little bit about entrepreneurship and creating the life of our dreams, right? Because that's really something that we talk a lot about here at The Product Boss. And I know that's something that truly means something to you. Um, so how does entrepreneurship help you create that life of your dreams? And, and you are a single mom. So can we talk a little bit about how you're doing so much good in the world? Um, writing a book, you have this business, you're a professor where you teach students about entrepreneurship. I know we collaborated on that. Um, and then also as a single mom of two beautiful young children, um, let's chat a little bit about that. Yeah. So it's really interesting, like the, the path that, um, you end up going on in life because I started, um, out as a professor and in 20, um, 18 decided to launch Weaver Social Enterprise Directory once again to track the social enterprise um, sector in the United States. And I wasn't thinking at the time, I wasn't really thinking about generating income. It was really the income I was generating was just to create, um, to maintain the website and to keep doing these activities. And then, um, you know, I just saw myself the pandemic happened. And I just started reevaluating my life, like a lot of people, right? The great resignation, um, YOLO economy, we've seen articles about these things. And I just started saying, asking myself, um, what do I want? Like, what do I want? And I, I realized I want time to be with my kids, to be with myself. I want to be happy. I want to be in a career that I love. I want freedom. I want to be able to make an unlimited amount of money if I want to, to work when I want to. And so entrepreneurship, the directory ended up just, taking that path. And then in addition to my personal desires, entrepreneurs were then coming to me with their desires and saying, well, we need training. And it just ended up just perfectly aligning together. And I was already doing it. And so in June, I actually um, quit, resigned from my job um, as a professor at Iona College. And um, it doesn't mean I'm necessarily leaving academia overall, <laughs> but um, for definitely for this year, I'm that just- That was a nervous laugh. <laughs> Well, because you know what? Last week, someone offered me a job. <laughs> You're like, I'm trying to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> I know. I was like, give me a year. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I'm really loving it right now. Like I can take my kids um, to school. I've been able to do so much with them just because I'm home now and I can create my own schedule and um, and then making my, um, just money. And so um, creating the life of my dreams, this this over the summer. So I quit in June. 
And then in July, um, and but no, and then literally like two weeks later, I went to Spain to do a pre-launch of my book. And, and then the week after I went to Italy to then start, um, I was on a business planning retreat and just, and also just living my life. Amazing. (laughs) And then it turned out, I ended up meeting a female owned wine company and we decided to then host a book launch, an Italian book launch, uh, because I studied abroad in Italy years ago and it'd just be nice, like a homecoming almost. And um, so now that's going to happen next July when I do my boot camp again, my online social enterprise boot camp. Um, that was, I did that in July and that ended up, the, the turnout was just amazing. I, I, I didn't know, I knew it was going to be great, but I didn't know the impact that was going to have on the lives of the entrepreneurs that participated. And so now we're going to do the next one in Italy um, in July and it's just exciting. And I'm bringing my kids. So, right. Cause I'm an entrepreneur. I can do that. I'm going to spend the whole month in Italy and um, travel to different countries and do talks in different countries, but my kids will be there by my side. And you know, the, it, it, it's good income. I can set my prices. I can yeah. say yes to what I want and I can say no to what I don't want to do. And yeah. so it's just the freedom and the flexibility is just, I don't, I'm happy. I'm so- <laughs> I'm so glad to hear this. I mean, as a friend, I mean, just you've done so much in the world and you've given so much um, in teaching all of this. And and the fact, I mean, so exciting about Italy. So if you need someone to come, please come. <laughs> you and me. So, um, I mean, and that's incredible because so many times in our listeners that are listening right now, there are, are a huge percentage of them that have full-time jobs. And we've seen people, you know, there's um, one of our students was a principal at a school and decided eventually she, and her side hustle was selling crystals and building this beautiful product business. And she ended up leaving being a principal to go full-time into her product-based business. And, and the revenue is unlimited. She's a student in multi-stream machine, which is our, our signature course. And I think people get afraid of taking that leap. What for you was the the thing where you're like, because you had to tell your parents like, Hey, by the way, <laughs> I know I'm a doctor, but I'm leaving and <laughs> starting my own business, you know? So what was the thing for you that like encouraged you to take that leap? Did you have all the money saved and everything that you needed to feel comfortable that you could jump out? Like, tell us how it worked. <laughs> well, I did, I did save up, um, several, like several months. I had an emergency fund. Right. And, um, and the thing is like, I, the funny thing, this is really funny. It's like, as soon as the pandemic hit, I just got this need to save money. (laughs) (laughs) And I just started putting money into an emergency fund. And I did start thinking like, if anything were to happen to my job, then I guess I'm just going to like start, you know, just take this business to the next level. Mm -hmm. Um, But nothing happened. (laughs) So what ended up really happening was I was unhappy and I had to be honest with myself. I felt I was burnt out. And I was one of the people that I'm talking about, like that I believe this book is for. Um, I was doing great work. I'm literally changing my students' lives. My students are running businesses paying that can pay for them to go to college. So I'm making an impact. I'm doing all this good, but I'm exhausted. I feel underappreciated. Um, I don't have enough time to send my kids. My daughter's three years old. Last year, when they returned back to school in person, she got sick all the time. And I just couldn't, I can't be everywhere at once. And so now it's like, just to be able to sit, take time, more time to just be able to sit down and do her hair, be able to take them to all the Halloween parties and show up at all the events. I'm on the PTA. I'm on the PTA. (laughs) You're like me, PTA. (laughs) But what made me do it was that really, I was like, is it worth being unhappy? 
you know, and, and the thing about my job is that being a professor, we get tenure, we get a job for life. And so that's very enticing. And that's why, that's why I had that nervous laugh. Like, will I never, ever be a professor again? But then I, I honestly, I was really honest with myself. And I said, golden handcuffs are still handcuffs. Do I want a job for the rest of my life that I'm going to honestly be unhappy in? Where I'm, I'm teaching too many classes. Yes, I make good money, but honestly, based on how much I'm doing, I should make a lot more. Can I just bet on myself? Can I take a chance on myself and see what can happen? And it's like I said, I did the boot camp. I wasn't even really planning. I was doing the boot camp. Um, the funny thing about that, I wasn't, I was planning on just relying on my books and speaking. But my boot camp was already up on the website and people just started purchasing it. And I was like, okay, this is a sign from God because now I have to do the boot camp because I already purchased the ticket. <laughs> Always works like that. You're like, now I have to deliver. <laughs> exactly. So it was literally like everything just started coming together. I wasn't happy. The boot camp sales started coming in. And I was like, I'm just gonna do this. And I don't think I would have done it before the pandemic. I think I would, I really coming from poverty and having immigrant parents, I I wouldn't have done it. I feel like that was honestly what was holding me back was the need for security. Um, but I said, screw security. I need happiness because if I'm not even happy, I could have all the money in the world, but if I'm not healthy, it doesn't matter. And I'm not healthy because I'm unhappy. Mm, so good. All right, my friend. So tell our listeners how they can, um, buy the book. What, how can they connect with you? I think there's a lot of people out there that might want to reach out to you even on Instagram to ask you questions if they have, um, they have this idea of social entrepreneurship. So share with us. My Instagram handle is um, at Rashida Weaver underscore PhD. Um, my website, that's the best way to get in contact with me, um, www.rashidaweaver.com. And, um, and, and what else? Oh, I have lots of information on there. So I have coaching. I have the book coming out. Um, the link to the book is on my website. So you just Great. go through there. It's already available for pre-order. And there's a pre-order sale. So <laughs> you so should get our pre-orders then. <laughs> yes. And, um, and I'll be hosting a book launch party in, um, hopefully at NYU <laughs> in January. Yeah. Amazing. My- I'm so excited for everything that's coming your way. You are an incredible human being and an incredible friend. And thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. Um, I'm so happy to be here and I love what you're doing. And I just, it's beautiful to see how much you've empowered women and really you've transformed their lives. So thank you for having me. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive. And we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us.